think it's this. Let's go. You're listening to Sushi with Seema. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sushi with Sima. I'm so excited. Um, So with me, I have a very special guest. Like, it's kind of like a reunion of sorts. So as you all know, I've been recording remotely, so I'm trying to reconnect with a lot of people who don't necessarily live here because I think that's like the best time and uh yeah I've I've been doing that and this person I remember very distinctively that the fact that she was one of the first people to listen to my podcast and give me such articulate feedback and that really meant a lot to me and uh her name is Christine Schmidt I'm gonna hey And I, I, I'm going to let her like talk a little bit about what she does, but I'm going to just mention how we met and just a little bit about our a little um, long our distance, story. Yeah. yeah, our long distance friendship, I guess. So um, she, uh, how where did I start? But she came to LA <laughs> when I was about to leave. She was basically supposed to replace me in my house. Big shoes to fill. Yeah, big shoes to fill. And through there, we kind of connected and got to know each other. And um, she's she was a journalist student at that time, and she was getting into the journalism scene. And she's done all kinds of, you know, activities and internships. And I've hopped around. Yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. But I could just see one thing is that she was very passionate about that. And I really respected that. And I've never met anyone like her, especially at that point in my, you know, life. So it was really nice to still go back and forth, even though we were, we didn't see each other after that, maybe a couple of times. She came to Phoenix once and there was just this mutual love for each other in the sense of respect what we do and with the things that she's doing and contributing in the way she would respect me. And I just love that. And I think it's nice to have someone who you might not be necessarily really close with, but still have that love and co- can complement each other. And you've taught me a lot in that. And there are a lot of people who made me realize like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like if this person's doing good stuff, you should do it. So thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> you, of course, are so sweet to all of your guests who come on here. And you have been wonderful since you literally welcomed me into your home. <laughs> I think I landed in LA at like 11 p.m. after like a very frantic week of trying to get over there and shipping my car and everything. And you were like, hello, come person I've never met in person before and just be really friendly to me. And I really appreciated it. Yeah, I remember I showed you. It was like the day after New Year's and I went and I showed you LA. You went to Santa yes. Monica. Oh, it was so fun. You yeah, know. and then when you came here, it was the same thing. I yeah. should like Phoenix, so you'll have to come yeah. visit me eventually. And we we almost overlapped in Chicago yeah. a little bit. Yeah, in Boston, in Boston too. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, you yeah. so misses. But yeah. like you said, now is a great time to reconnect with different folks. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So, tell us a little about about yourself. I I just figured having her on this would be. A different kind of perspective on the show. I love what she's doing. And I think during this time, 
I, especially I would, I'd love to know your thoughts and how you, you're living your life to your fullest. And all that. <laughs> Hypothetically family. speaking. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I think there's like, I feel like, so we're recording this about a month into everybody staying at home and being in the situation. And I feel like, like at the beginning, I was like, I'm an introvert. Like I can do this. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, whoo, all right. Like I can get out of bed. Like I can put on real clothes. <laughs> we're moving along. But yeah. yeah. So, hey, everybody, I'm Christine. Uh, like Sina said, I am in the journalism world. Um, so I started as a local journalist and hopped around a few different local newspapers, TV stations, uh, different places to help learn about how to connect people to the information in their communities. Um, and now, technically, I live in DC. <laughs> um, I'm recording this from my mother's basement in Chicago. And <laughs> um, like yeah, a millennial. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> but it, it, it works for now. Yeah. Um, but so in DC, I work at a foundation that supports uh, local news. So... Okay. Very cool. Yeah. And how did you even get into journalism? Um, is that something like you always wanted to do growing up or was there one moment where you were like, oh yes, this is my passion? <laughs> yeah, I think I was always definitely a journalism nerd. Um, I just grew up in the habit of reading the newspaper every morning, which is not the case for a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people don't, you know, necessarily trust the newspaper or have access to it. Mm. Um, and so as I got, you know, I, I was always really interested in like how to hold local government accountable or like ways that people would see what's happening um, at city council or whatever it might be and just make sure that people are representing people honestly. Um, and so that was what really drove me into it. And when I was out in LA, actually, I was working with the um, political reporter at the TV station there um, and just had a really good connection about how he you know, did the same thing that I was trying to embody. Um, but obviously journalism's in a really tough spot. A lot of things are in really tough spots, especially right now. Um, but so I work, instead of in my past job, I reported on like the problems in the journalism industry. And now I try to work towards some of, some of the solutions to make it more representative, more connected and more sustainable for everybody. But I promise I'll talk about things besides journalism too. Yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I, I'm really nerdy about a lot of things, including local news and including how to make friends in adulthood, especially uh, like Sina said, as I popped around a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, there's a couple of follow-up questions after that. Sure. I guess one about your local news, like why is that something that struck a chord with you and why was that something really important? Yeah, I think, I mean, local news can be defined in a lot of different ways. And so, like I mentioned, like sometimes it's the newspaper, sometimes it's TV, TV stations, sometimes it's public radio. Actually, when I was driving through Arizona after LA, I like met up with a local public radio reporter in Phoenix who was just really kind and generous and took me to brunch um, just because I reached out to her and was like, I want to learn more about what you do. Um, so it, journalism is a really welcoming community, but it's also um, it's like a community, it's like a meta community in itself, but it's also such a lifeblood to connect the community to everybody else. And I think during coronavirus, we're able to see how valuable that is, right? Like we need to know information about our schools, like our very local schools. We need to know information about our hospitals and where nurses need help and how restaurants are responding and what are different ways that people can file for unemployment and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think now, I mean, it's definitely like local journalism is financially really, really struggling at this moment. And if people are able to, it's really important to help support it. Um, but it's also an opportunity to transform it into something that's, you know, is even a bigger part of the fabric than it was before. Mm -hmm. 
And also when you are, you know, we're studying this, I've noticed a lot that my perception of media has changed a lot. Like this whole CNN versus Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I, I don't know what to believe and what not to. Right. You know, for it's tough. You, being in this industry, how did mm-hmm. that give you a clear vision of what you want to do and, you know, not really take sides as such, but just just want to report local news? Like, just exactly. Yeah. Correct yeah. News. And that's why, exactly. That's why I try to focus on local news rather than national news, because even though national news can take up so much oxygen, you know, like, what's the next thing that's happening? Like, how is this person responding? What does this tweet say? Like, what really matters is what's happening in our communities. And it could be like, you know, our geographic communities, it could be our sort of like digital communities, it could be different issues, communities that, that circle around a particular issue that we're really passionate about. Um, and I think that's where it has been most valuable to me and what I've really tried to lean into. Um, I know a lot of individual local journalists who are working their butts off to try to cover coronavirus and make sure that people have the information that they need. Mm. Um, There are over 30 states, like governors and public officials in 30 states have declared journalism to be an essential service right now. So they put journalism on par with grocery store workers, doctors, ambulance drivers, you know, mailmen, postal workers, all these different services and journalism, getting the information that people need um, is one of the most important things out there right now. Yeah. And a lot of respect for them too, especially the ones that you see the videos coming out lately on YouTube where they're in the hospital. They're also risking their lives right. to show yeah. what's happening. I believe there was actually, there was a photojournalist and I think she was in Arizona um, who contracted coronavirus potentially through covering, you know, as a photojournalist, right, you have to go out into the field and see what's happening. And then we've been seeing these very vivid pictures. And some of it is things that uh, first responders are sharing back, but it's also these different stories that photojournalists are chronicling. And there is this woman who is a photojournalist and she contracted coronavirus and was in the hospital. And she was like, you might not believe, you know, a news organization, but like, believe me as a person and believe me of what I'm saying with that. And so I think, uh, you know, it's research is consistent. Like my nerd is coming out. I recognize, but like, no, no, go ahead. Research please. has consistently shown that like local journalism is one of the consistently most trusted parts mm, yeah. of the media. You know, like like you said, like Fox News, all these different channels can get really just all in our heads, and we see just the sound bites on Twitter or wherever it might be. Like that doesn't add value to our lives, but. Yeah you know, even the lists of where people can donate blood or how they can help in other ways that local journalism is providing right now is just amazing to see. So yeah. I, to kind of tie it back into what you, <laughs> what you were asking about, it's, yeah. you know, the way that local journalism forms and is part of that community is something mm-hmm. that really inspires me. Yeah. And how, as me, like the reader and viewer of all this, sometimes I get my news just through social media, to be honest. Yeah. And that's a very, I mean, a lot of people do. It's it's yeah. pretty crazy, but uh, for someone who wants to know local news, say, I want to know what's happening. Like, I live in Chandler area. Like, how many mm-hmm. cases are here? I just Google and I, I do that. But is is that is there any other way of getting local news reliably? And how, how does one go about that? Is it just yeah, Googling it? Yeah, that's a really or? good question. Yeah, I mean, it, you can Google it to start for sure. Um, always just be mindful of, you know, that the organizations that you're getting it from are reputable and Usually it's like the age of the organization or how transparent they are and like who the people are that work there um, is usually good ways to see if it is reputable or not. Um, 
So right now I'm getting local news from DC, Boston, Chicago, and St. Louis because I have, and, and um, Ithaca, New York, because I have friends and family who are kind of scattered across mm -hmm. all those places. Um, and I have family who are on the front lines. My sister's a nurse uh, right now yeah. trying to, to handle all of that. And so I was like, well, I want to know, you know, what she is facing as she goes into, I don't want to say battle, but as she's in this situation, right? Like I want to, I'm getting email alerts from an organization called Block Club Chicago here in Chicago where every day it's, a nonprofit newsroom, they have subscriptions, but have put all of their coronavirus coverage in the non-subscription non category. So it's free and accessible to everybody. Um, so I subscribe to them both as a newsletter and as a paid subscriber to support the work that they're doing. Cause of course it's not free. It, it's free to access, but it's not free to produce. Mm. Um, so I'm seeing what's happening in Chicago every day. And then I signed up for in St. Louis, the newspaper there is called the St. Louis Post Dispatch. And so I get email newsletters from there as well. And yes, they, they send out, you know, alerts about these are the schools that are closed. These are the restaurants that are closed. This, this is how many cases are here today. But in one of the first newsletters that I got from them, they also had an article about how the Humane Society was trying to like rent out goats, like baby goats, because they, for some reason, had a surplus of goats and needed people to take care of them during coronavirus. Oh, wow. And so it was, like, it was super wacky, but just something <laughs> lighthearted and uplifting to see. And I sent it to my sister, you know, I was like, hey, like you could just rent a goat if you want. Um, so I, I just got it right now, you know, from I, on my phone, I just got the alert from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. But so um, I personally have found email newsletters to be a really useful way to get that information from these different places. Um, you can also follow them on Instagram and different social media um, or just tune in. Not very, I, I would say like go to their website, but not very many people just type in a URL to go to a website, I think. Mm. At least I don't myself. Um, but yeah. so there are ways to just kind of, you know, get news as you need it and not submerge yourself totally and watching news all the time right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also said it's a struggling industry. So is that the way you support it? Like just by subscribing? Is that how it's going to help the industry? Because we need it, essentially. Yeah. yeah, there was an article from Stat News in 2018, I think, where it talked, it was sort of a, a look at how all these local newspapers were crashing and how the, the advertising industry um, was being taken over by Facebook and Google. And so all of the ads that used to go in these newspapers were now being consumed by different organizations and different companies. Um, and subscriptions were not increasing. So there's just no way to make that money happen. Um, and this article from 2018 actually said that local newspapers are the bedrock of intelligence for infectious disease experts, like to track where these different infectious diseases are popping up. Um, so yeah, so one way to, so that's just to show, you know, how important it is in this time to support them. Um, and one way to support them is, you know, of course, to provide money if you can, not everybody's able to do that. But, you know, yeah. if you're recognizing that you're getting information again and again from a place, consider paying for it. Um, but also, you know, signing up for the email newsletter, opening the email newsletter that helps advertising that they can still get. Um, and also communicating with the reporters, right? Like saying, if, if you find something that is really valuable that they've shared, let them know that you appreciate it. If you see something from them that maybe isn't fully accurate or that could be tweaked or that you know something that could be, that could help that article be better, let them know about that too, respectfully, of course. Um, so there's a lot of different ways to be a human about it and demonstrate that, yeah. recognize it's valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks yeah, for having me on this rant about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't like. I don't realize this stuff, and that's why I talk to people like who are you are not really from the industry that I've been exposed to, because that makes me aware. And I'm only imagining people who are listening to it will also be exposed to it. Like, that's why we have 
conversations in the first place is to get to know one another. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, so I love that. And speaking of which, I also know, like, well, we'll get back into the journalism, but I also know that you like doing that. I realized that you're so good at communicating and you can be friends with everyone, even though you say you're an introvert. You, you, you're not shy with getting to know and becoming familiar with people and like, you know, just getting along and adjusting. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's a quality. It's a great quality, especially for someone who is an, an introvert. And I know that you really like building these communi- communities together. And I remember once we connected, reconnected was through your online community platform called. Yeah, my newsletter. Yeah, your and I love your newsletters. I I mean, sometimes I like end up missing them, but like when I do I end up opening them, it's so so well put together. It's 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 nice. It's like you have every a bit of everything and yeah, I love it. But can you, Thank you. speak to about why you decided to do that? What was the intention and purpose behind that? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I will admit that I was going to send out a newsletter before this to try to put my thoughts together for this conversation. And of course that did not happen. So <laughs> we can talk about not having it all put together too. Um, but yeah, so Sewn is this newsletter that I started um, back in 28, I think it was the start of 2018. Now I can't yeah. even remember. It was definitely 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was around then. Yeah. Um, and that was, so it actually stemmed now that I'm thinking about it from when I was in LA. Um, I had been hopping around moving to different places by myself, not knowing anybody in those different places. And there was somebody mm-hmm. that I met when I was at the TV station there who was so shocked that I did that, that, you know, she was from Southern California. She went to school at USC and she just kind of planned to always be in Southern California. And she was like, how do you move to a place where you don't know anybody? What? And I was like, yeah, I guess it is kind of a weird thing, but like, there's still ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that LA was the third place that I had moved without knowing anybody. Um, and I think I've moved to probably three other places since then. Um, in that same vein. You moved and a lot. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I became a pro at packing up my car, just kind of appearing at the place of like <laughs> sorting through Craigslist ads and everything. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, I'm really grateful and glad that I've been able to do that. Um, but yeah, so I started Sewn as a way originally to kind of talk through different ways that people were making friends in adulthood, both if they moved a lot and if they didn't, because even if you go back home, it's still a completely different landscape, you know, after college or whatever you might do. Um, and there, I mean, just in the past couple of years, I've seen so many more explorations of this pop up. Um, like the Atlantic has a really cool series about how to make friends in adulthood. NPR does this like life kit thing where, uh, they talk about how to make friends in adulthood and it's a really it, it is a serious topic, you know, and I think people like it's serious because people get so lonely and we don't have the tools to talk about it. And one tool to counteract loneliness is to practice making friends in adulthood. There's no foolproof way to do it, but there are a bunch of different ways to try. And that's mm-hmm. what I try to encourage people to do with my newsletter. Mm. It's good that you bring it's interesting that you bring that up because I have experienced that myself of Mm-hmm. to a new place not as much as you have and not so suddenly but making friends in adulthood and yeah it's it's definitely it's it's been a great experience I think we connected on that and you you were so interested yeah. in like, how did you make your friends you let me interview you for that yeah. yeah and I remember that a lot of the guests from those shows are essentially my friends that I've made 
through going to classes and having these different experiences. These are all, most of these people are people I met during my adulthood. Mm-hmm. And especially in the last maybe two years or so. And yeah, I think now that you bring that up, I'm like, yeah, that's that's actually something that I didn't really think was a toolkit in my head when I went for these classes. But I highly encourage people now that I see a lot of people who are either sticking to the same comfort zone of their own you know gang and that's mm-hmm. fine too that I mean those are ultimately your comfort your people but it's so important to understand and get different perspectives as well and that that's why that was my way of um from making friends was you know going to classes and having yeah. that well, you really well, charged ahead with that I love how you just you know really you you challenge yourself to step out of your comfort zone but also to go deeper into the zones that you wanted to learn more about and find and cultivate those different people from that even just the lineup of guests that you have have been so interesting to like see these different angles of your life it's, it's crazy too like I'm like damn I came to this place not knowing anyone and now it's like <laughs> built an empire <laughs> it's like empire of happiness yes. yeah I love that and I'm then, so proud of you no <laughs> oh thank you um and I remember I went to my acting class and I didn't realize that till I, I think I went to, um, I went to the Bay Area during my Christmas break, California, Northern California. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of my friends there and all that. And I was so happy spreading that kind of, that Sima-isms. And I was like, oh, I'm starting, a, you know, my own empire. I'm spreading my empire. And I remember my, going to, back to my acting class right after that. And they were like, what was your purpose? What's your purpose? I was like, no, I just came back from this awesome trip and had such an amazing time. And he just looked at me and uh, he's like, yeah, Siva, your, your, go- your, your purpose is to spread joy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's so powerful. He's like, one of the hardest emotions to have is joy for humans. Mm-hmm. And you would think like, why? How is that such a difficult emotion? And it's like, yeah, it is. So if you can do that, and now I'm like, I'm spreading this joy of happiness joy and creating this empire of happiness so I love that yeah so it, it, I that's just just like my tidbit of all this is the, that it has nothing to do with me this happiness of giving it to someone else is what gives me the happiness so what were what were your ways of making friends during adulthood I I just pulled up the archives to my newsletter to try to find um, this like guide to how to make friends adulthood that we pulled together. Yeah. But ways that I've um, been able to do it. I mean, honestly, so like like we said, I'm an introvert, and I find like I heard this this quote earlier this year, and it really resonated with me. So I'm an introvert, and I find self care through community, right? Mm. So even though sometimes I can recharge myself on my own. I really feel best when I am surrounded by that community, either physically, virtually in this world, whatever it might be. And so I, like historically, my way of making friends in adulthood have been like one person at a time, sort of like I'll have like, oh, like this friend that I met on Bumble BFF, like one of my best friends from Boston where I lived before. Really? Wow. We met on Bumble BFF. We just, somehow we connected. I didn't connect with everybody. There are some people in DC on Bumble BFF who wanted to bring their boyfriends with so that like my boyfriend be- could become friends with them and I was like no <laughs> please don't do that <laughs> like, like a double date kind of thing 
Yeah, except my boyfriend doesn't live in D.C., and so they just wanted to, like, screen me, and then when my boyfriend would come visit, and then the four of us could hang out, and I was like, I am not going to third wheel your date. So Bubble BFF has been one way to make friends. Um, I'm so, so grateful for my friend Anastasia, who I met through it, um, and she still lives in Boston now. Um, I've made friends through trying different hobbies. Like, I've been, I've always been really into knitting, but there um, are different, like, online communities that I found through that. I've gone to a couple classes back in Boston for how to like learn how to knit a sweater or things to do in person. Um, I've leaned on roommates and like friends of friends, people mm-hmm. who maybe were in the city, like in DC, one of my best friends from college, her best friend from high school is in DC. <laughs> I had to follow that along to make sure I was saying it right. But so her best friend from high school is in DC and her friend was super warm and welcoming to me. And I was so grateful for her for sort of bringing me into on like under her fold. Um, when I moved there, because she'd been living there since college, and she invited me to her parties and like invited me to meet her friends at different breweries and things like that. Um, part of it is sometimes like the harder parts have been doing things on your own, even though it's still important to do, right? Because I could have a Saturday where I, in the old days, would just sit in my apartment and not go out, even though I had the opportunity to go out. But I would challenge myself to still go and explore because even if I didn't have a friend to text right away, I still wanted to be able to, you know, live my life and not let that loneliness hold me back from doing it. And there was one weekend where I went, there's this website called like things to do in DC. It's like a network of people who plan different events and stuff. And they were doing a scavenger hunt in the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. And I showed up and I was like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this and like find a group to kind of like become part of. And I sat down at a table with this like woman who was probably in her fifties and her teenage daughter. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, hello. Like just waiting until this gets started. Cause they said they were going to put us all into different groups. And as it got closer to, for the scavenger hunt to start, the woman leaned over to me and she was like, are you meeting somebody here? And I was like, yeah, yeah, my friends, I'm going to meet a friend here. As in like, I was hoping I would meet a friend. I didn't actually have a friend plan to meet there. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, don't worry. Like, I'm not going to come with you and your daughter. Um, and I ended up joining this group of people who were from all over the country, and I found out that they were all Air Force recruits, and they were living in Maryland, <laughs> and they had come in for the scavenger hunt, and we just kind of got to know each other, and even though, you know, we're not best friends and haven't really been in contact since then, it was still a really fun Saturday, and I got to explore the museums and have a good time with them, um, even if, like I said, we're not going to be best friends going forward. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a bunch of different ways to try, but what matters is that you try. Yeah, yeah. I, I know it's it's pretty daunting to just go out oh, there totally for, these, yeah. for me too I, I mean if you put me into a group I'm generally someone who can talk and get but even for me to do that I'm like this is overwhelming yeah how like, did you feel when you when you first went to your acting class like when you first stepped foot into I was like, right I'm gonna try this I, I get super awkward like I I mean I, I kind of in my own little corner it mm-hmm. takes time for me to like go full out Right, I can go. It. Yeah, it's yeah. a step into it. And I remember people generally for my acting and for even dancing, it's people who've come to me who have given me that kind of comfort. Like one of my really close friends that I met through dance, her name is Milena. Like she's been on this podcast several times. Mm-hmm. She came up to me during my very first dance class where I was like freaking out. And now we're like BFFs. It's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, like shout out to all the people who go up to other people oh, when yeah. they see, you know, like if they're in a group and they see this person by themselves, like shout out to those people and also shout out to the people who are there by themselves and who, who take that step to go there. And I know that isn't always 
possible in the current world that we're in with oh, yeah. all of us. But yeah. I mean, it's there are ways. And yeah. So possible. I yeah. appreciate all Bumble BFF. <laughs> Check that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I heard they're doing like virtual stuff now. I mean, is that is that the new norm? Like, do like even to make friends, especially where people must be even more lonely mm-hmm. during this time, if especially you don't have friends and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you how do you keep that connection alive? Like, whether it's you know with your old friends or just making new friends. How have you yeah. been able to keep that alive? Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's one example is there's this newsletter called The Girls Night In. Um. It's based in D.C. but it's it's nationwide. I subscribed to it before I lived there, and uh, they are founded on the premise of the comforts of staying in and cultivating those smaller communities. And so they have the Slack group that you can join. Um, where you, it, it's called like the lounge, I'm using air quotes, but I'm recognizing those listening to the podcast can't see my air quotes. <laughs> um, and they just have different conversations and it's facilitated by the Girls Night In platform, um, but it's a way just to connect with different people and just, you know, kind of be part of different conversations. And it doesn't have, like, I, I can see that it's really intimidating to make like one-on-one friends in this time. But if you just sort of find different online communities, if it's different Facebook groups, if it's different group chats with old friends, you know, if it's old Facebook groups that you've been part of or mm-hmm. Instagram following chats and things like that, um, there are, you know, ways to find that community in different ways and new ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, there was this article from City Lab, which is like this, it's a website that's about like, it's kind of about urban planning, but more of just how we live in cities. It's, it's, I find it fascinating, but they had this article where they had different people submit drawings and illustrations that they made of their neighborhood during this time and like how it feels to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it in one line, like, and so people describe these different illustrations that they sent in because it wasn't just like a picture of a house right like I would draw like a stick figure house um but it was you know it would show like this is the map the route that I take on my walk like this is like you know one person drew their they drew a map of the U.S. and they had their home and then they had all these different lines and dots going to different places where there are people that they love and they were like this is what my neighborhood feels like and one person from San Diego said that you know my, I'm reading this as a quote from yeah, the yeah. article yeah. my neighborhood feels immensely spread apart and inaccessible but my community feels very real and mm. that just spoke a lot to me because you know I was living in DC trying to settle into the new normal there trying to make different friends in adulthood there and you know adjust to my new job I moved there um about three months ago for context. And um, I almost said two months ago, but I, I lived there for two months and then I moved here last month uh, back to Chicago. And, um, Where you, you know, just up. trying to, yes, exactly. Trying to find, you know, I was trying to settle into my DC neighborhood and now we're all in this like vir- different virtual communities. I'm not saying like just Facebook groups or whatever it might be, but, you know, just a community of different people connecting in different ways. And I think it's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Zoom meetings. I've also reconnected with a lot of, for like a few weeks, I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was like, mm. yeah. and then now I was like, okay, maybe like once, like every few days or once a day, I'll talk to someone just to check up on them because I realized when I started doing it that it meant a lot and then mm-hmm. it made me feel good. And yeah, so yeah, but one thing that I've loved is seeing like on Facebook and Snapchat when it says like on this day, whatever year ago, they're lovely little memories. Like this time five years ago, I was studying abroad, like this I time three years ago, I saw I LA. Was, yeah, I know. When, 
the day that I bought like a, a face covering from REI and it came in the mail and I was putting it on, I took a snapshot of myself and like I looked ridiculous. My hair is as frizzy as it is now. And like I had my big old glasses on and on Snapchat, it showed me that on this day, like three years ago, I was like sitting at the beach in LA with my swimsuit on and I had this like really happy look on and I was like, oh my goodness, like how time changes. But as you know, these different memories from the past pop up. I feel like those are perfect opportunities to reach out to different folks who have been in those memories, mm. right? And to be like, oh, remember when we did this, you know, like remember when we had this different moment, even if it's from 10 years ago or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's there for sure. Oh man. Yeah. I was like, oh man, LA. And then last year I was in Coachella <laughs> this time. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yes. Yeah. And just to reach out to different folks that you share yeah. those memories with, right? Because yeah, they're yeah. going through similar things. Exactly. I don't want to say the same thing because everybody's exactly. handling it differently. But it's yeah. true. It's true for sure. And um, you were also speaking of, you know, moving a lot and going to different places. How do you, that, like moving is, takes a lot like a toll on you so how do you adjust so quickly even when you came to LA you were like yeah I know my way I can take the train thank you I went to the park by myself you just completely disappeared I'm like (laughs) yeah the morning after I flew in like when I said like I got there at like 11 o'clock at night and then when I woke up I was like I'm in LA it's January it is warm outside I'm going and I think I left you for like five hours yeah I'm like (laughs) I just walked around Uh, yeah how do you yeah how do you get so so accustomed and adjusted to a place so quickly yeah. and especially since you've lived in the same like city all your life yeah yeah so for context I born and raised in Chicago I grew up here went to college here and then after college that was when I was like all right I'm hitting the road I'm like going different places <laughs> I need to leave Chicago um, which is kind of ironic that I'm back here now but I think you know Part of it was the determination where I was like, I'm not taking no for an answer from myself, you know, because it would be so easy to just sit at home and watch Netflix and not go out and explore. But I was like, I'm in a different place for a reason. And I want to really seize that reason and be able to explore and experience it. Um, You can do it by yourself, but of course gets lonely after a while. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a one way to start. Um, So most of when I was moving around to these different places, it was because I was going to work at these different local news outlets. So I started abroad in Barcelona. I worked in Dallas for a little bit. I worked in LA for a little bit. I worked in Connecticut for a little bit. And I worked in Boston for about two years. And then I moved to DC last or this year, earlier this year. Um, And so usually when I was going to those different local news outlets, there was like an extra incentive for me to get to know the community because I was reporting on it. And I was trying to be a part of it, recognizing that like I, did not have the contextual knowledge of years and years of living there. Um, But it was really important to me to get to know the community as best as I could and to be able to see it, get to know different people who were there um, and just try to help report on it as best as I could. Um, Living in DC, there have been so many different ways to explore, but it also can be overwhelming to explore it by yourself, like I said. But again, the first step is just trying and getting out there. I mean, there was one Saturday after I had moved where, you know, I was like, I could just not go out and do anything or like I could go out and do something. And so I went for a really nice long walk, called an old friend, talked for like an hour (laughs) and found myself at this brewery that was there. And I brought my book with me and I was just having like a nice Saturday afternoon, just sitting there and reading it. And this woman came up to me and we started chatting and like, she was really nice and invited me to come sit with her friends. Like after she learned that I had just moved there, she was like, oh, I have friends that just moved here. And that's why we're at this brewery to show them around. Like you should come meet them too. So it's just 
you know, there's different ways to go out and try to explore it. And I think also my last point in this is uh, finding like a way to become a regular, which is something that has challenged me and something that I wanted to work on in DC before a pandemic hit the world. Um, but every Saturday morning, I had found this free yoga class that was at a coffee shop, like mm -hmm. five minutes away from my apartment. And so I was getting in the habit of every Saturday morning going to that, seeing similar people week after week, wasn't the same group every time, but just getting to know different people who were going there. And then going to the farmer's market afterwards, which is like the most bougie millennial thing in the world. <laughs> but just, you know, I being there it. by myself and not having that structure, you know, and creating that for myself was really yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I think I've been doing that indoors. It's been, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I, I, I mean, that, that totally makes sense. Just like going around, just seeing what's actually happening. Sometimes I'll be like, wow, I'll just Google like my place and see like what's happening around me. I'm exactly. Like, oh, yeah. snap. There, yeah. That's there, especially if it's a farmer's market kind of thing. And I'll just go by myself and I like to explore. I like to see mm -hmm. and like support local but that's artists. Also a great Exactly. Yeah. And that's a great way to, you know, if you have somebody who you're kind of new friends with, you know, and like maybe you like got dinner once or like chatted with them, that would be the perfect opportunity of something to be like, hey, by the way, I'm going to this mm -hmm. thing anyway. Do you want to come mm -hmm. and see how they feel about it? Yeah. Oh, makes sense. Oh, so good. Um, okay. And then I had to ask you this because I'm so curious that you uh -oh. didn't mention. <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I this this podcast is about everything. I cover yeah. everything. Like so we get raw. It's sushi. Yeah, we get raw. So I have to ask you, you did mention about your boyfriend. And I know that you guys have been seeing each other for a really long time. For five and, years, yeah. Yeah, which is especially like considering, you know, your guys' age, that is a long time. It is. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of life happenings during that. So I know you've been doing the whole like you guys have been long distance for a lot of those years. And I, I'm just so curious to know, like, how, how you guys been able to make this blossom and, um, you know, thrive during the, this thing, especially the prime of your years. Yeah. I'm, I'm so curious, especially yeah. with the Corona time where I guess a lot of people yeah. are in that situation. Yeah. I've seen a lot of articles recently about like, you know, oh gosh, like now I'm quarantining with my significant other and like we're driving each other up a wall, like help. And I'm like, oh <laughs> yeah. So we kind of chose not to do that in this situation. Um, but yeah, for context, like you said, we've been together or like we both said, we've been together for five years, which has been a really long time, uh, but a really great time. And we started dating in college. Uh, we're long distance when I studied abroad. I came back to Chicago. We were long distance, all those other different moves that I talked yeah, about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would keep Except coming back to Except for Boston. Chicago. Yes. And then he moved to, so he got his job offer for Boston um, a year before he started because he was in consulting, um, as one is. <laughs> and I got my job offer uh, two weeks before I started. And we ended up starting on the same day in the same city where we didn't know anybody. And because it was our first jobs out of college, we were very cognizant that we weren't trying to move to the same place just for each other, right? We wanted to do like what was best for both of us. Um, and very fortunately, it ended up being best, being what was best for us as well, yeah. like us as a unit. Yeah. Um, so we were able to be in Boston before he went away to grad school um, mm -hmm. in Ithaca about a year or so ago. So we've been long distance for a full year now. Um, and honestly, like we've been like fully long distance. We were long distance at other times, but like this is like long distance with no end in sight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a full year now. and. Honestly, what has helped the most is just being honest about what each of us is feeling and the different expectations that we had around it. I mean, 
when we were driving back after visiting Cornell, um, we were driving back to Boston and we had this good conversation where I was driving and I was making him take notes. <laughs> and we just kind of talked through like, okay, like what do each of us need to make this sort of situation work? I wasn't expecting to move to BC when I did, but it just was a fortuitous timing where, you know, we both had these different changes happening in our lives. And we were like, all right, like we hope to see each other every month. We hope to, you know, talk on the phone every day or like something like that. Like it wasn't like making a to-do list, but just making a sense of shared expectations and being flexible around that. Um, and we also hope to <laughs> go on vacation every year and our vacation for next month just got canceled. So Aww, where are we <laughs> um, supposed to go? We were going to go to Spain. Aww. It was like the first time that we were like actually going to do like a restful vacation of just the two of us. Um, but, you know, my job has been really lovely and flexible and they were going to let me work one week a month remote so I could go visit him um, in Ithaca, but like obviously we're all remote now. So he's back with his family in Philly. I'm here with my family in Chicago, um, but you know, it just become a good new norm for us and just again, being open about different expectations and, you know, talking through what you're feeling at different times and just calling to chat, like going for a walk and just kind of filling each other in on our days. Yeah. Last Saturday, we watched a movie together on Netflix and just kind of oh, like, yeah. out, you know, like we started playing Club Penguin. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix funny. party. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Very helpful. I think that's like, yeah, in any case, but I've been seeing those articles too about people trying. I'm like, mm. I know, honestly, yeah, like we, we <laughs> talked about like, like when his school went remote and then like my job went remote, we were kind of like, right, like, should I go to Ithaca? Like, should he, should he come to DC? And it just like, we were like, it just sounds like we're trying to make it work at a time when there's so much else is up in the air. And when we were both already long distance from our families and we didn't know what was going to happen, it was like, all right, like, we know how to be long distance with each other. We know how to be long distance with our families. But like in this time, it's probably best for us to be back closer to our families if we can. So I know not everybody is able to do that. Yeah. Um, but we're now we're just like kind of talking about maybe being able to see each other over the summer, like at some point. Um, but again, so much is up in the air that we'll see. <laughs> I know. I think it's that, 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 that aspect of like, when is this going to end? Even if it does, can we still travel? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It'd be like super convenient if we were in driving distance from each other, even though we're still long distance, but like we're not. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a, I don't know, eight to nine hour drive to Philadelphia from here, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure knowing you and the way you've done long distance traveling and all that, I'm sure you can. Uh, she, this girl drove all the way from LA back to Chicago. Yep. Oh, and she like, uh, yeah. It was fun. It was, a, it was, I wish I had more time to like stop and appreciate the sights. I, um, yeah. But I also hope to go back someday. <laughs> I'm sure you can do that. Like if you really wanted to, I'm sure you can try eight, nine hours. <laughs> I, yeah. It was, it was a fun time. It was a good drive. Yeah. 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 Good times. Lots time. of snacks in the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do that. Um, well, yeah, thanks for sharing that. I know it's, it's, you know, something very um, intimate to you. And yeah, I think that, that I don't know, I, I'm always so fascinated by yeah. these aspects yeah. of one's life. So we're definitely and, learning as we go, but happy to share different lessons that we learned along the way. Yeah, yeah. And I like I've noticed you guys in general and how mature you both are 
in general. It's 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 fascinating. I'm like, is she really younger than me? <laughs> like sometimes I don't feel it honestly. My mom asked me last year, she was like, How old are you? And I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're very, very, very mature, I must say. Um Thanks. Yeah. And then so now like what what are what is like in a hypothetical world now what is your future plan looking like are you someone who just goes with the flow of things or do you have more of a like where you want to see yourself and all that with you know your work and places yeah I mean I feel like because we we always knew that my boyfriend was going to go to grad school at some point like we knew that he was probably going to go like two weeks two years after um, college and that's what he's done and so I feel like there was always kind of a like a mental expiration date in my head you know for like how long I wanted to be at a certain place and then kind of see what happens again I'm using air quotes for people who can't see me (laughs) 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 like to see what happens after that and now I feel like we're both in a good place where like there isn't necessarily an expiration date around that um he is doing awesome stuff at his PhD but of course a PhD is like five-ish years uh, <laughs> in Ithaca which is like the middle of like <laughs> yeah it's like a six-hour drive from DC it's the middle <laughs> so of it's somewhere a, it's a time it's a it's a that's another long drive to get to by itself yeah. um but yeah but so it's a PhD in computer science so he has some flexibility oh, wow about, yeah I didn't know about, like, I didn't know he was a nerd. Yeah, stochastic gradient descent. That's all I know. That, I that's remember what he does. <laughs> using math, so I didn't know you guys. Oh wow! It's like applied math and stats and computer science and like all that nexus of it. But yeah, so we're both happy where we are, like with these, like professional advancements that we're doing and and how we're seeing how it goes. And so personally mm-hmm. too, it's just been really satisfying to see each other be happy in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we had the plan for the vacation that obviously mm-hmm. is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but you know, just kind of looking like. I feel like for so long there have been these next steps and these next places to go to. And so I'm just trying to appreciate and savor where I am now in life. Yeah, yeah. But are are you excited to just get back into like local news, more of that? And is that yeah, that I'm, I'm really excited. Is? Yeah, I'm really excited by the opportunity that I have at my new job to help try to create these different groups of people who are really passionate about rethinking how local news can serve different people. Um, especially people who haven't been served by local news before, mm-hmm. usually people of color and people who are in living in poverty and or lower mm-hmm. income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the foundation where I work is supports democracy issues more broadly, like, you know, safe and secure elections and making sure that Congress has the capacity that it needs to serve the American people. And so we, my team focuses specifically on the public square and how local news and engaged journalism and all these different tools to make journalism uh, more responsive to the American people and to make different governmental bodies more responsive through that journalism as mm-hmm. well. So 2020 is definitely the year that nobody thought it would be. <laughs> yes. um, but, you know, with change, there's opportunity, even however much scary. I, I'm very curious to know how things are going to pan out in November without getting into much detail of it. But it's going to be a crazy time for sure. Yeah, it's it's so interesting to see these different, you know, I feel like a lot of people set up different plans going into the election, like ways that their organizations can prepare for it or maybe respond to it. And now those plans have kind of pivoted to like, well, we didn't know it was going to happen then, but like, we also don't know what's going to happen now. So <laughs> there's all these different collaborative efforts and, you know, new initiatives um, yeah. that used to be election focused and are now really coronavirus focused. Yeah. Oh man, it's crazy time. I know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what 2021 has in store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll try it again next year. <laughs> 
So far, the best thing has been uh, <laughs> my life is love is blind. That's like yes. really crazy. <laughs> yeah, I have to talk about oh my that. Gosh. Can I just read you a meme that I saw yesterday? Yes. Uh, okay, oh for the, for those of you who haven't watched Love is Blind, number one, go watch it because that's what everyone's been talking about. It doesn't matter if you're a girl or a boy. Nope. Like, people are just talking I, I will about- say my boyfriend tried to watch it and he was like, this is trash. And I was like, but that's the point. No, I know. <laughs> I know so guys. Trash. I know. I've seen guys watch it. Like, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. pretty this, the theme. Yes, I yes. saw it on Instagram, so I, I cannot take credit for it, but it says, I honestly think 2020 has been so bad because Jessica is 34 and Mark is 24. And I was like, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Like these people who are, um, get engaged without meeting each other and... Yeah, you know. without meeting each other face to face. Yeah, it's they like, like develop a- these different emotional connections through this really freaky, sparkly blue screen. <laughs> Basically an American version of an arranged marriage yeah it goes on like the daisy community anyway so right yeah yeah so i'm like mm, uh, yeah everyone needs to watch it i but i love um cameron and laura oh, yeah they're they've been really cute to still follow on social media and that, see, like, what they're up to now. yeah it's interesting like to see how this pans out and it really did give me a different view on love in general and mm-hmm. I think yeah, people said it was like training for how we all ha- were going to have to be socially isolated I know yeah 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 so it's it's good practice um and wait I had another fo- follow-up question I forgot to yeah. ask during the friendship thing like because like mm-hmm. you know you, you were talking about your boyfriend but also you know your friends that you've been making in general in this community uh how did it's more it's easier with girls and girls but have you seen it with you know say making a girl guy friendship or a guy guy friendship because that dynamic is completely different so have you been a part of that like have you seen your boyfriend like make other friends like this and how how does that work yeah so my boyfriend's had a really interesting friend making journey to sort of just observe from my distance you know yeah um so in boston he like had you know in in his job he had different groups of people that he could hang out with and then like we of course had each other to hang out with so that like it wasn't as pressing for him to make friends I was in like my job did not have a lot of people around it so it was like I I had more impetus to go make friends on my own um and when he so he actually moved to Seattle for an internship before he started his grad school program and he was like completely starting from scratch he knew one maybe two people who were out there like had nobody his age or in his interests at his workplace and he was there for six months and I remember we had a conversation once and I was like you know do you want to try joining like a sports league or like go on like like, go on meetup and find some people who like to go hiking because he's super into the outdoors and he was like you know what I think I'm just gonna like call it and wait to make friends in grad school and he was like two months into his six months there and I was like okay (laughs) that's one way to try it and he realized at the end that he wished he would have prioritized friend making more than he prioritized work Mm. um because there's definitely a balance to it right like work is a priority especially an internship when you're trying to prove yourself but there are different ways to handle that you know and so now that he is in grad school, he actually has become one of like the main planners of different social events, which I'm so proud of him for. Because in college, he was known as like kind of just showing up when different people plan stuff. Yeah. And so it's been like a whole new world for him to take initiative on that and really, yeah. you know, focus more on making different, make, like like building out those relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it's not always the case. I think it takes guys a little bit longer than girls historically to recognize that. Like I mentioned on Mumble BFF, that one friend that I almost made, and then she's like, can I bring my boyfriend? I'm like, all right, don't like do the emotional labor for him. Like he's a big boy, you know, he's an adult. Mm. He can try to do this on his own. Um, But I know from other friends who have boyfriends and are kind of in the same boat where their boyfriends are like, well, you know, I can just play video games with my friends from back home, which of course is super valid and a really good way to stay connected with people. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a new place, it also, you know, is better for both of you to have those different connections with people. Yeah. And I like that independence that you both have. I, I just realized that I'm like, yeah, I, I've realized that a lot of the friends that I have are girls and it's like easier to get along and have this community. Like I, like, you know, woman <laughs> community. And obviously right. that that's important too, but I, you know, taking, a guy's perspective and seeing how that might work it's very different right yeah so yeah, yeah. so I just thought I had to ask you that yeah um, no it, honestly it's an important question yeah it affects different people so thank you for asking yeah. and thank you for the communities that you've built I love oh. the different ways that you you know the different lunch conversations that you have yeah so I did we, we did a zoom one like that and yes yeah, so we're gonna do like we wanted to do it first with those who came for the mm-hmm. events but we're thinking of doing it like expanding it remotely to include all the women and have that kind of thing like you That's know so you can cool. come because I know you were so interested as well I was just excited to see you do it right yeah. I feel like it, you need people to take initiative and you're so good at that oh thank to you to try to you know create these different networks for other oh people. you're so you too you're so sweet <laughs> um well before we end this we got to do the you know the game yes <laughs> the 36 questions I know I was thinking of this last night I was like what am, I mean I should have looked them up but I didn't so I really have no idea what you're gonna pull out of. Uh, well you have to choose the numbers so. oh right right um I will choose um 20 because okay. somebody picked that one already I don't remember I don't know, it doesn't matter okay oh <laughs> okay this is so apt for our conversation <laughs> it says what does friendship mean to you oh my gosh of course <laughs> <laughs> wow all right what does friendship mean to me? let me let me think about this well so for context I've been I just finished this weekend reading these two different books and one like one is like this history book about the United States um called These Truths by Jill Lepore and this other one is Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown which is more about activism and different ways to think about social justice so those are both kind of like in my head as I'm like thinking about these different questions um and one way in emergent strategy that they define friendship is working on excellence. Like they call people, like their friends are people who help them work on excellence. And I think that's a really smart way to put it, but it doesn't have to be the only way. Um, so for me, I think friendship means uh, support. You know, I think it means being there for people and also recognizing that sometimes other people might need to step back. And I think it means communication and being there for other people. And lifting different people up. Yeah, support. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's beautiful. Well, on that note, before we end, I, I do want to ask, is there anything else you want to share? Or like something that we missed that you wanted to talk about? You're just like... <laughs> I always ask people this question too. And people always say, no, just this. And so in my head, I'm kind of like, no, just these things. So I'm trying to just get past the no part. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it, it's an important question to ask. I'm grateful to have been part of this and to be included in this. Yay. You know, when I like would be walking in Boston, feeling alone sometimes, you're walking in different cities, feeling alone, even driving to St. Louis one time, I would listen to your podcast and just to <laughs> 
hear your voice and to hear the different conversations that you were having with people helped me feel less lonely. Oh, so that's so sweet. Oh my God. It's true. It's true. No, I feel like, oh, I can con- like, you know, there's only so many people you can call sometimes. And I'd be like, mm. hey, like, you know, what should I do? And I was like, ooh, I'll hear what Seema has to say and whatever other brilliant person she's interviewing. So. Oh, you're so sweet. And I, see, this is exactly why I do why I do it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I'm not about like, oh, I'm going to get this many followers. Even if I, even amongst the 10 people who listen to this, if it's, there's <laughs> one person who feels like it made their day a little better or just, you know, made For them sure. rethink about something, yeah. then I've done my job. So definitely. Yeah, you definitely made my day. (laughs) And likewise, you're doing amazing things as well. And you're just as inspiring. And thank you for sharing and being so open. I know even though we haven't connected in such a long time for you to come and just share about your life and everything about what's going on. Um, It's definitely Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. Again, taking the initiative sometimes is the hard part. Yes. But you did it. Yes, to more friendships and support yeah. and love, especially during this time and connection. Yes. So, 100%. Thank, yes, thank you everyone for listening. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Tell me, even if you're too shy to comment, just let me know in my DMs. Don't say yes. creepy DMs, but Don't it's okay. Slide, bounce. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> okay everyone thank you and i'll see you next time thanks guys